0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Good morning. <laughs> um We're honored that Cameron asked that we uh, just share some things with you this morning about uh, our journey in, um, making the college decision for, um, with our two children. And, um, which, by the way, Cameron had a huge influence on in their lives. And, um, but I was reminded that, um, probably a little over 24 years ago, we were Sitting in front of our OBGYN. um and good report came in that our firstborn was going. Looks like he was going to be healthy, and and we were just elated. And and um, he just smiled, having two daughters older than. Um, they were probably middle um, middle school children at that time, and he said, "Y'all, I'm I'm glad this is good, but this is just the beginning." <laughs> and um uh, so um while we may be ahead of a few of you we're we're still going through our journey with our children, and this is just one more decision. The college decision, of course, is very important because it's one of the first ones where you join in together in making that decision. Um, uh, some of you probably feel like you hope you're joining in together in that decision but um so but we appreciate um being invited to share with y'all. If I may, I'd like to open in prayer. Dear God, um, we are just so grateful for our brothers and sisters in Christ here at the Advent that we can uh, share in the uh, journey of our lives um, in uh, caring for our parents or whether it's caring for our children, um, that we are here to um, share that burden And we are thankful that um, in your providence you called us to yourself, that we might um, have you walk with us and um, have your wisdom and grace. We ask now that you bless this time to your glory and honor, fill us with your Holy Spirit, give us your wisdom. And um, if there's anything said that's not of your will, that you would erase it from our minds um, but just let this be a time of sharing that um, we would gain your wisdom and serve you to your glory and honor. In Christ's name, amen. Does everyone have a sheet? Um, okay, that you can look on. Um, I th- I th- there are just about six main points we would like to share with you. Um, um, just to kind of give you uh, some framework, our son, Stanford, um, finished um, at Auburn in business uh, a couple of years ago. He is now part of the Fellows Program in Orlando with uh, First Press there, um, with um, being taught by a theologian from um, Reformed Theological Seminary, he's living with a host family, and if if Some of you may be aware of the fellows program. My daughter is a senior at Furman, who's right now um, Mary Shelton. And she is um, right now studying abroad with uh, 15 other students and a professor at the University of Jerusalem. And um, by the way, Heidi, she was in the um, cafeteria area. She heard a voice that sounded familiar. And so did this other person. It was Heidi Kenner. (laughs) And so she's been having some wonderful fellowship with everyone. Um, so I think the thing that we would come to you this morning and humbly admit that we understand that um, each child is unique. We understand that each family is unique. So really, all we can share with you is what we learn through our uniqueness with each child, because um, there are no um, perfect principles or guides or books. Otherwise, that would be passed out and we wouldn't have this this morning um but each child have their gifts and talents their passions their strengths and weaknesses um and so um we just feel like we need to acknowledge that and understand that and and what's surprising to us sometimes is how different they are you know you i expected a mini me but uh, that didn't occur they're just different um sorry we're going to pass this back and forth
1: it's, it's, you can, you okay. Okay, is that okay. Sure.
0: Sorry. I think yes. Oh, yeah.
1: I think this process for us really taught us to how important it is to equip ourselves with scripture when we're walking through this process with our children, and as we relied increasingly on that, it framed the prayers we had, and when we listened to our children. It wasn't always about the theme of the conversation. There would be words they would use, which would speak much more intently, really, to what was going on inside them. So as you listen to your children, note the words they're using, not just the information that's being conveyed, but the actual word. Take those words and let that frame your prayer. It will speak to an inner despair or an inner joy, an inner conflict. It can just speak to so many things. And just rely on the fact that by God's grace, you have raised your child in the ways of the Lord. And when they are old, and 17, we can count that as old, <laughs> they will not depart from it. Live into the faith of that promise. Live into it with joy And take that joy and gratitude before the Lord and let your child see that. That's a gift that God's in. He's given the child as a gift. He's enabled you. He's lived in you to be the parent that child needs. And that's something to celebrate and to give him thanks in it. Again, allowing that to frame your prayer.
0: As you know, I know there are plenty of college choices. I was just talking with one of the couples earlier, and you know we're blessed to have a lot of great colleges in our area, but also outside of that and we have incredible college counselors that are good at giving our children's guidance as well so there there are a lot of um college choices um that and I think you would be mindful of the fact that you would want to. Try to uh, cater to the, each child's specific gifts and passions, um, but also be mindful that um, what is their current major—I put that in italics—may not be their ultimate major. Um, and some of that is out of your control um, um, because we encouraged our having been in engineering and Virginia's an architect. You know, we we went to big schools with and did practical majors, and uh, so we wanted to make sure our children knew. Please do what you would love to do, and um, and if uh, if you want to go to a small liberal arts school, please do that. Um, if you want to do other things, please do that. Um, but um, but as it turned out, our son was in a, one of those orientation classes at Auburn, and they were trying to show the practicality of different degrees. While we had him in liberal arts because he's a voracious reader and loves history. Um, they put on the board, what would you get paid if you were majoring in history? And the uh, next thing I know is he calls me and says, I've switched majors to business. And, I, you know, a lot of things, you, you already know this, but a lot of things you say, you know you've said them a hundred times, but they never heard them. But it was that thing I had shared with him is if you follow your passion and if you want to do something else, you will find a way to be successful in that, whatever that is. But he took the practical route and changed majors, and you know, and God is in control. So um, I will say this: um, one of the things in making choices of colleges or other things that they may choose uh, at college is being um, try to avoid being uh, negative or disp- speaking disparagingly about anything, because they they're listening to that part and you'd hate to find out later that that was overly influenced Then, when you just meant it as kind of an offhand comment Um, i would also try and continue to try to share um with the children um you know they don't know what they don't know you know and um but i also want to share with us is we don't know what we don't know if you Look back, I I Googled, because I've heard this before, and I Googled it, and the World Economic Forum released in 2016 showed there were ten jobs, major jobs, that did not exist in 2006. And so to to think you're going to cast yourself into a position by extrapolating what you see today could be a huge mistake. Whereas, if you follow the gifts and the passions that God has given you, you know, you will find your way. And that's why I love Proverbs 16:9. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And if you knew my history, you know, you would know that um, thank the Lord he does. Um, because, it, you know, but we have to plan to move forward. But um, we need to also recognize that we don't know what we don't know. And that um, there's going to be a world of opportunities out there when they come out of college.
1: Um, as you, as we went forward, trying to assimilate as much information as we could, and I'm sure you all all met with guidance counselors already, you're going to get so many different perspectives, but the uh, scripture in Isaiah puts it in perspective. It says that God is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. He is the guidance counselor. It is Him. And pray that prayer. He's wonderful in guidance and excellent in counsel. And um, that wonderful children—it became kind of a children's Bible story. And sometimes the message is lost because of that. But I'm sure you all taught your children about King Jehoshaphat when I think it was the Babylonians or just have descended on the city and they're about to be besieged. And of course, Jehoshaphat jumps up and down in panic but he calls to the Lord and the Lord says this is not your battle the battle is mine says the Lord tomorrow before your army send out the song sing out the praises send out your musicians onto the battlefield before the army and as you may remember in scripture that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did and he said be, be, know that sure, the Lord your God will be your salvation. He says that to the army and to the musicians. The musicians go out and what are they doing? All they're doing is singing the praises of God. And what happens by the time the army gets there, the entire enemy camp has been decimated. They have killed each other. There was even no battle to fight. Only all you had to do is go and read the spoils of that battle. So, This is not a battle, but I think the analogy holds true. This is a decision, but it's a big decision. Go forward and let your child hear you pray for those promises that you're claiming, glorifying the God of your salvation, the God who is wonderful in counsel, the God who is excellent in guidance. Sing those praises, say those praises before you get into the meat of your prayer, let the praises go out. And let your child, again, begin to model all future decisions by first praising God, His Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I think sometimes when I'm in despair and I don't even know how to pray, I'm reminded of the verse that says that God inherits His praises. If you just... Forgive me. Inhabits. I say inherits? Inhabits His praises. It's just a remarkable time. If you just praise him, um, it's amazing the the peace that comes and the assurance of his sovereignty. Um, Next page, um, where they can flourish academically, socially, and spiritually. These are not mutually exclusive. I would say that um, I don't accept that they would be because I know you want them to flourish academically, socially, and spiritually, and um, um, there are a lot of wonderful ministries out there. Um, uh, I would say there is a possibility that you feel strongly enough, and again, this... You are unique. Your marriage is unique. Your family is unique. There's going to be some things that you are going to know are, are... Things you might have on your not-to-do list. There was one college, which will remain nameless, that I made clear to my son that he was not going to. And um, and he told me years later that he was angry about that. I didn't know that at the time. I mean, he's such a he's got a great heart, but um, but he said I was right. And. Um, um, so, there are going to be things God's going to impress upon you that may, and they're rare, but it may be, you know, there's you may be unequivocal about as to what they can and cannot do. Um, it might be a good time to talk about the ministries. Um, why don't you do that, One
1: of the parameters we set was. Um, I was not really interested in hearing about a school unless there was a vibrant RUF ministry there. Campus ministries are important. And when you're focusing on the academic, the social, cultural, and spiritual dynamic of a campus, you really just need to be aware of the campus ministries there because ultimately for both our children, even though it was only RUF for my daughter, our daughter Um, They played a vital role in shaping our children and preparing them for things we couldn't have ever dreamed they were given through other places as far as spirituality goes. So do pray about and investigate those campus ministries. We actually had them meet with leaders of the campus ministries with the schools we were really intentional about at that point in time. And it was so helpful. It established um for my daughter especially it established a beautiful relationship she enjoyed with the r u f minister at Herman. It was beautiful and when all those parameters we just talked about, social, spiritual, cultural, academic, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you and he did all I can say is he did that as undeserving as we were and as many mistakes as we made, he did that for us. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and let that, again, frame your prayers. And just a note, don't focus so much as it's, I'm this kind of parent, I confess it, Janet, I'm this kind of parent. Um, I can. I was so focused on my child not being negatively impacted contaminated by the world that sadly I lost sight of a prayer I should have been saying that my child would so positively impact the world for the glory of Jesus Christ that the light of the knowledge of Christ would be shown to others it was a maturation process all things worked together and in this process we went through with our children they matured and I matured And, um, I'll speak to that more, I think, the next section.
0: The, um, just to, um, confirm what Virginia's saying and God's sovereignty in this, and, um, particularly when you have a son go off to college, and especially when they go to a big school, you know, um, from men, I think you, you kind of know their mindset ahead of time as far as the freedom and finally, you know, having this freedom, um, and so we were very um, prayerful and encouraging, of, again, seeking out these college ministries and so forth. But but what was fascinating was, out of um, deference to us, Stanford did participate in a RUF guys group, you know, um, Reform University Fellowship um, uh, at Auburn. But it was really, he kind of, I think, did it for us. But what was amazing to me is one day when he came home and and he said, I was coming out of Haley Center. And if anybody knows anything about Auburn, Haley Center is like a labyrinth where it's just great if you can get out and find your way out. Um, But um, he came out and there was a young man standing there handing out flyers, inviting people to the Wesley Center. Um, And um, that's not one I would have had on my list necessarily. But um, he went and loved their praise service at night on Sunday nights. I think they started at 8. So they started at a time when they could get the college students there. It was very close to campus. And he would always go afterwards and get a milkshake or something and sit on the steps. Is this not funny? I mean, so he's going behind the Methodist Church to their praise service, going across the street, getting a milkshake, sitting on the Presbyterian steps of the Presbyterian Church calling us to tell us about the worship at the Wesley Center and how wonderful it was. And then a young minister there, you know, worked with him and had a great impact on his life. And then fast forward, a young man calls him who was a friend from here, um, I mean, Mountain Brook, and said, "Um, um, I want you to go to this J.H. Ranch gathering at Outback, out in the Silicon Valley, I believe. And so, um, if I may digress for a second, he called me on a Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock. He's supposed to be there at 5, and he says, Dad, um, my book has arrived at the bookstore that I'm supposed to have for this school of business, so we're going to leave off the fact that I told him to get his books early, right? But anyway, <laughs> so he ordered this book in, and there it is. And he said, "And I really don't have the clothes I need to go for this outback." I said, "Honey, um, this tells me you have to go. I mean, I don't. Please don't take this. You can take it as real as you want it to." be. I said, "This tells me Satan really doesn't want you there, <laughs> and I want you to get in the car and go. Stop at Walmart in Alexander City. Get whatever you need. Forget the book." Now he knew I was serious. Um, And go. That weekend, because he had not planned, talk about all things work together for the good, because he had not planned, he had a real place, so they threw him in a tent with two guys from crew. So he all of a sudden went with staff members from crew, one of whom adopted him and spoke his language because of his life in Christ. Um, And... All of a sudden, he was heavily involved in crew, and ultimately, when he left, Auburn was president of the group of crew. You know, crew. we can plan our ways, but God's going to direct us. That steps as we pray through that for them. In the midst of all that, is a lot of heartache. Okay. I don't want you to misunderstand. That's the short version. In the midst of all that, there's a lot of tearful prayers, concerns, other things. Um, timing. Um you want to add anything? Um, timing, the gap year, we just throw this out there. Y'all know this. This is practical. Um, undergraduate may be one choice, graduate school be another, and that can be partly saving up dry powder for something. There are some schools, I'll use architecture as an example, I mean, you don't have a lot of choices. Um, there are other schools like engineering. You could make other choices and then... S- Decide where you're going to go and study nuclear engineering or whatever. Uh, That's not what I did. Um, um, You want to share about Luke?
1: Yes. Um, Referencing Luke in our prayers was um, just reminding God. And it's much like the liturgy. When we say the gospel out loud every Sunday in the liturgy, we say it one to another, but we say it to ourselves. And it's somehow when we do, Zach, do you want to say anything about that? No, I just (laughs) amen in here. Thank you. It's it's just so beautiful when we say it to ourselves because somehow it's just different. And sometimes you have, when I pray the promises of God, I know them. But when I pray them and I say them aloud, it becomes convicting, it becomes more saturating, and it again frames my prayer. And during the course of this, we're the parent that's saying, as evil as we are, you have promised us that when we ask for a fish, you will not give us a serpent. And Lord, we're asking for a fish. Bless this decision. Make it a decision that leads to joy, to prosperity, to all things good. That is the fish we're seeking here. And we know that you're not going to give us anything but that because you're faithful to keep all your promises.
0: And then the um, critical factors, again, I, I think some of this is just to frame up, um, if we have a few minutes for discussion, that we understand there are other dimensions of this as far as the environment, um, the student body, um, and then the uh, the travel. It was interesting because Mary Shelton uh, did settle on... Furman and um, uh, boy, you talk about hard thinking about your child going through Atlanta. I mean, even though I grew up in Atlanta, I learned to drive in Atlanta. She didn't, and um, um, but of course she went with upperclassmen at first, and then worked her way in with you know some of her classmates going back and forth. But uh, I went out to a conference in Dallas last week with, with Rooted Cameron's um, wonderful organization, and. Again, I was reminded how easy it is to fly from uh, Birmingham's airport to Lovefield, you know. And um, so, they're tough decisions, they're trade-offs, but um, to a certain extent. But um, but at the end of the day, is where are they going to flourish, you know, spiritually? Because that's what has its eternal um, consequences. And I had one friend who's just off the charts, brilliant. And his son had received a letter from MIT, and it said, We are p- proud to, you know, send this to your son, and um, we, because we can help him in learning his values and other things. And my friend said, they can, MIT can teach my son a lot of things, but it's not going to be values. He said, I'd rather my son drive a garbage truck and be married to a woman like his mother. Than do this. Now, the great news is he married a woman like his mother, and he's got his PhD and doing great things. And uh, um, Accessibility, um, of course, there's just the practical aspects of economics um, and acceptance rates. Um, and I think I'll turn this to over to Virginia.
1: Um. We know that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, which would always lead us to stay on our knees, of course, hoping, knowing that God's listening to us. But um, another verse about counsel, he says that um, it's in Proverbs, and he talks about how um, counsel is mine and sound wisdom, and I am understanding. So you can pray that even when you feel so confused at times, just you know, all you have to do is say, "I know you are the source of sound wisdom, and you have our understanding, and I need to hear your word in this."
0: Okay. Um, and then the why? Why are we even um, talking about these things? And why? Um, you know, how do we approach God? And 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 and. Um, what's the important element of this and probably one of the verses that helped me the most I I grew up thinking that I should only pray for missionaries and and for those that that need help and when somebody shared with me at college Philippians 4, 6 and 7 I was set free Um, not only that I could pray about anything but I was commanded uh, to pray be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, by faith. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehensions, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I cannot tell you, um, and I'm thankful Virginia emphasized it, um, the joy I've had through my life praying about anything. And I'm I'm talking about minor things, grades, tests dates, all these things, and, and seeing God's hand in these things, and having his peace through these things, and not not putting, the object of my faith was not my faith, was not my feelings, but he was the object, Christ was the object of my faith, and that's where you say, with thanksgiving, you're thanking him ahead, it's sure yours now, and um, this is a big one, though, and it, in each step of the way, there are going to be incremental pieces to this, and that's the part. That we can be praying for. And then, of course, acknowledging that He does work all things together for our good. And, um, and all of us being older than our children know that's true. That it, in the, in the moment, we don't understand it. But in time, we see how He's working it together for His purpose. Remembering that that purpose is, um, in eternity. So these two verses to me, it remind me, we have a supernatural, all-powerful God, and we live in the eternal perspective.
1: Talking about the um, all things work together, in this process, we know that there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, who is Jesus Christ himself. And for years, in rearing your child, you've kind of mediated... Through Christ, in Christ, Christ in you, God's direction for that child. And because now you've reared that child in the ways of the Lord, you may not be the mediator here anymore. You probably aren't going to be the mediator. Your child is praying to God, and your God is going, our God is going to speak to that child. Allow that transition to happen. That child is praying. Respect the word God gives that child. Christ is the mediator, not us. Increasingly so as you rear your child. And that's a beautiful thing. But it's also hard to believe that I don't need to say what God's telling me to say. Because he's talking to a child. And that's something to celebrate and God open our eyes when that happens so that we see it. Don't let us be blind so that transition occurs because what joy it is because when that child goes off to school, God the Father is the parent. He's the parent that is there. He's the only parent that's there. And that trust leads to a grateful heart and that grateful heart always and only leads to joy. And is that not what we've been promised in Scripture? And is that transition as parents that we have to make? And this process, as tender as it is, allows it facilitates that happening.
0: And and, um, I would also emphasize just the importance you all have to one another. Um, I can't tell you um, what a blessing it's been and continues to be that our children have men and women um, in their lives who love the Lord, who are bold enough, um, have um, um, courageous enough uh, and care enough about our children to tell them the truth. And um, uh, Stanford right now is with a a host family down there who we um, love already and we're so thankful that he has another set of parents right now that are bold enough, courageous enough to tell him the things. And he's probably listening a lot better now <laughs> to them in some ways. But I encourage y'all to do that. And it, it, I think it's fitting coming after baptismal service that we uh, we accept that. In fact, we we said we would, right? And um, so that's what we have to share. Hopefully that frames up enough. And I'm sorry I'm not my. We have a couple of minutes, few minutes, if there's anything anyone would want to share or um, um, kind of amen on or whatever. Did either one of y'all's children struggle with which school to ultimately attend? I know they sound like they both have great in the department and all of them. Did they struggle with that, or did y'all struggle helping them with that? My son struggled for about a day. When he, uh, was accepted to Furman, um, and then it was back to the big school, you know, and then, um, Mary Shelton, we, we sometimes think we may over schools. I wanted to see a Christian school, so we took her to Wheaton. Well, Wheaton is phenomenal, but Wheaton is different. I mean, what I mean by that is a lot of in- students from different places. It's a great school. And, and, and we all loved it. But it wasn't for her. So then I started looking for the Wheaton of the South, and uh, we went to Baylor. I'm not saying that is, but, I mean, that's where we went. And then uh, we went to school after school, and then her first choice, she got um, she got deferred. Uh, uh, she went for early acceptance um, and um, ultimately was accepted, which we were grateful for. But by then, she had already, um, I think in her mind, it's, her heart was at Furman, and um, what was now you can. I'm sorry, we're all falling, right? I mean, but I remember they were headed to Furman. I was in Nashville in a meeting at a meeting, and I remember being on the street taking the call, and um, or y'all texted me that she had been accepted to the school of choice, and um, and y'all for me for her. I was happy because it affirmed her in some ways. But I was so proud of her for making a different choice because she felt it was more for her. Um, There's no right or wrong school except for your child, right? I mean, for that unique child. Um, So um, that's, that's where the joy comes, seeing God's hand in these things.
1: And I will confess, my son did not choose the school that I had hoped he would and um and he knew that, and there was no there would only be dishonesty in feigning any kind of happiness that that's what he had chosen and um that would be the wrong thing to do and so I told him that um, I supported that decision, and I would go forward and Pray for my joy, but mainly just that he would love it and that he we would all see that it was really the right decision and I'm deciding the whole way and I'll do anything in the world I can. Just making sure he know, knew that my pro- it its my problem, that I wasn't excited, but that didn't mean that I did not celebrate his decision for him and certainly pray for all good things to come out of it. That, that was a hard moment in my parenting life. But all the negatives that occurred at Auburn would have occurred anywhere he went. That was just the journey he was on and it really made no difference for that part of his life where he went to school. How did you feel the why did you feel the school that you had kind of hoped that he had yeah. chosen? Why did you feel that school was different, better Thank you for asking. Um, I'd love to justify my position. (laughs) Thank you. We're all here to listen to that. Thank you. That's so kind. Um, I felt like he's a little bit, he was a little socially behind. And I felt like the nurturing environment of a smaller liberal arts college would allow him to more gently mature. And the professors would be more... um, He's very personable. He loves relationships. In a smaller school, he'd have the opportunity of having more personal relationships with the school. And it was, you know, Furman was his other choice. And that certainly was proven with our daughter. She enjoyed much more personal relationships than he did at Auburn. But it was also good that some of the bad decisions he made 2% of the student population were privy to them at Auburn instead of 80% of the student population (laughs) at Furman. You understand? So, uh, and his social circles changed when he realized he was in the wrong place and there was a bigger place for him to go with broader circles that were better circles. So I can see God's plan was much better than mine, but it was hard at the
0: moment. That is it. That's the. That's true. And um, and y'all just need to know. I mean, we are those parents. I mean, we're on them. Uh, we are those helicopter parents, whatever they call us. So it's not because we just set them free and said, "Go." You know, it's we're on it. Um, but God, um, out of His grace, um, led Stanford where it needed to be. May I close us in prayer? um dear god uh, thank you for our love for our children and um and our caring for them and, and and thank you that this love we know is just doesn't even compare to your love for us and we rest in you then that you love our children even more than we do and that's hard for us to believe but we know it's true we claim that word Go now um, before us and um, bless our children. Give them your wisdom. Give us your wisdom uh, to um, be the parents you would want us to be. In Christ's name, amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting...